if that way, because if we get interrupted, I don't know about you guys, but I'll just go somewhere else and I'll, I'll never finish up what I started talking about. So if we could just do that, that'd be great. So thank you so much. So again, this can, is a can you turn your screen? Oh, you want to see? Sure. Can you see? Can you see? Also, um, we'll look at other industrial and commercial buildings in town. These are two mill buildings. 
um, that were part of the town that still exist, have new lives, um, and you can, you know, you can see the materials. And the three things you're going to hear from me is materials, roofing, and detailing, because that's what we're looking at when we sign presidents. You know, how did these forms um, shape? Why did they, why did they shape that? Is this a use that we can develop and use? And you can see in these mill buildings that they are very distinctive. You know a mill building when you see it anywhere in Massachusetts. Um, they're pretty simple buildings, simply designed, simply detailed. Um, this is your commercial buildings on your streets, and again, on, on Main Street, and these are just a, a group of them, you'll see a bit of them. Um, there was, um, there's a lot of different architecture, there's a lot of different shapes, there were buildings who were rather residential, and then they became commercial. Uh, I point to this building here, and this building's a historic building. You know, one time the street was much more, there was much more space between the edge of the street and the buildings. Um, there was an entry, um, a pathway to get to this building. Um, the building was um, a much more subtle and monochromatic uh, building originally, as many of their buildings in town were. A little very elegant, maybe in the, in the trend, but not, not as it's been modified today. Um, this is a building, you know, you've got your old town hall building. This building is directly across the street. Um, this is what it looks like now. And this is what it looked like before. Um, again, what happened to that building? We don't know. Really know. Was there a fire? Did they say decide to take a couple of floors off? What happened to it? It had a very uh, a big presence on the street. Um, um, large openings that were used for storefronts. Um, so it felt very different. But that's what your part of your architecture, your historical architecture, looked like. Um, these are some of your residential buildings in town. Um, all slightly different, different roofing, different materials, different openings, different levels of detailing. Um, and then I'm going to go through some specific buildings more for a free library, building we're in right now. You can see that probably the relationship to that street, oops, sorry, the relationship to that street was quite different um, before originally. Um, and now the building has lost its main entry on the street. You know, you have to go around the bend divine building, and it, we can see that this addition, which is a very nice addition, um, the architects didn't try to hide that the building was a new building, they interpreted the building, the architecture of the building, they added new materials, new detail and levels to bring the buildings together, um, and you know, I, I assume everyone here feels it's a successful, a successful building for the town, but they added materials that weren't visible on the front of the building, on the back of the building, your town office building looks like every other school building of this vintage all across the United States. Side of Pennsylvania, we've got those too. Um, and, um, you know the, the dating of it, the detailing though. You can see there was um, some attempt to make a very um, almost like bland building, but a utilitarian building have some special entry portions. These are um, the senior center, the police department, and White Cliffs. I mean, White Cliffs is of its own. Um, History is its own um, why they did it. A wealthy homeowner did whatever they hoped to do or wanted to do to make themselves happy with the building. And then you've got some very modern um, architecture in your police and uh, senior center with frame buildings, um, various um, roof lines, various level of detail. And then you're in your schools, your elementary and middle schools. Um, low slum buildings on large sites, um, brick 
um, large different size openings, color panels, uh, metal roofs, um, a, a big variety, but again, um, all having a lot of land to do whatever they wanted and to spread these buildings out across the site, except of course for the um, building here in those floors. Your town fire stations, your original fire station, and in your other ones, very distinct um, periods, distinct architecture, five buildings, large openings, um, simple trim lines, um, single points of entry, very utilitarian structures that, uh, that, that serve the, you know, the fire department well for a period of time. The Old Town Hall, which is actually in 1985, I think, reconstruction of an old building that burned out. Um, level of detail, the buildings over here, the original building. Again, a different level of um, sophistication, monochromatic, um, not highlighting you know, every single window, but letting the elements speak for themselves. It had a commercial base to the building. Um, also sat differently to the relationship with the street. Um, had different roof lines, chimney lines. The new building clearly has had some modifications, perhaps the pitch. There's a big mechanical wood space up on the roof behind this. Um, you know, the elements that were part of the original building are not part of this building, um, but that is your old town hall. Um, the, uh, the crossing of the Aspect River is a lovely bridge, very nicely detailed. Um, very repetitious detailing, really simple, elegant crossing for the, the river of the Aqueduct. Um, I noted the churches and the monuments as well because we have more as well, we have vertical elements on this building as well. We have um, training tower and post towers for, for the uh, fire department operations. So we look at a lot of vertical elements. What do they tell us about towns? Um, obviously, this building had some presence at one time, and it's a very different building now. Um, without that, without that power, without that presence, and scale, it looks very much the scale of other buildings that are close by. Um, this is the same building from two different angles that are different from each, each point of view. So you know, we, we would be studying those and looking for those. What do they tell us? Um, how do they mark a space? What's what's elegant about them? What's good about them? Um, this is some of the streetscape. Um, that we looked at, you know, how close buildings get to the street, you know, what, what do you have along that way, what do you see, um, what's the green space, how are uh, properties divided, things like that. Um, so we'll, we would look at that. And then um, the committee sent us a bunch of things, some projects, so we wanted to make sure you saw all the things that people had um, added in. South Pearl was a public safety facility. Is, is one project, um, is part of a larger complex, including the police department, that's what public safety is, but I'm just focusing in on the, um, the fire department piece here, which is right here, um, has a, a tower, a two-story element here, and the um, fire piece in between it, that is the apparatus phase, brick materials, level of detailing, two different kinds of roofs on this building, recognizing the scale of the apparatus phase. This is Natick. Um, Natick is part of a complex of buildings that form that town, in the town in there, and um, not just um, you know, the fire department. And it has two very different uh, spaces. Uh, faces to the building it has a face here, um, with the pitch roofs and the dormers and the level trim. And then this is the rest of the building. 
you know, which is seen by, it's, there's, there's obviously from top of places, this is the back, the back of this piece right here. So you can see that there's just a little, a little piece of, of roof here that sort of defines the edge of the building, but this is a, not a 360 degree building as we, we um, call it. This is a building that has, you know, just a, a, a front to it. This is Westport, which is a wood building, also part of a complex. Um, fire there, please over here. This is Wayland. Um, Wayland is a wood building, um, also. Um, flat roof building under the apparatus, pitch roof building um, on these other pieces. You can see the roof plans here, um, all flat in the back and in the rear, all flat over here. Pitch is right in the front of the in front of this uh, space, but there is also with the tower. This is Millbury, um, still under construction, uh, close close to it. This is uh, also a 360 building. It sits on the corner. Um, this is a little picture we can get a apartment, but that's the site. So it had many many facades, um, and there's many different uh, facades that you know greet you, uh, pitch roofs. Um, Dormers, um, there's a lot going on in these roofs. How they how they come together, um, uh, sheds and shed roofs and pitch roofs. So uh, the architect made it. Uh, I believe the architect made an attempt to to treat all those elevations uh, somewhat similarly or important in, in level of importance. Um, this is Linfield. Um, Linfield. Is also part of a complex, uh, fire, police, and town hall, all one building. Um, in, in, our, in our estimation, this part of the building is crushing these poor, poor little doors here. The scale of these pieces is more than two thirds of the height of the, of the total building. So the scale of this um, gable is, is, is sort of a bit overwhelming towards the building, but it, it sits as part of, you can't, it's hard to see the, uh, the rest of the buildings, but there's these gables. Um, all over the place, and they have multiple different kinds of cupolas um, that are part of the building. There's some other images that people ask to see, Sailor B and the Monroe Street block, um, Sailor B right, right in your neighbor here, um, yeah, you know, the front, it, the front of it, it looks very, very different than the additions and the elements as they run down the hill, um, that how people added on to the building as it, as it went, here's the original, original building. Um, this was ad, these are all ads back here. Um, this is in the grocery block, I don't know much about it. It's a commercial um, project um, on, by the common and right on the opposite side of our site. There's something going on back here, don't exactly know what that is, but um, very different side of that. Um, here's uh, Lola Java and CBS. Um, CBS is also close by, CBS has multiple multiple um, elevation portions, but you can see that you know, really they are just um, treating the, the roof line and the edge, the majority of that space behind all that is the capital space. Here's some studies that we look at, you know, that we've been looking at prior to this. These are all different kinds of um, uh, uh, fire stations and, and, and buildings that you know, we, we see and note. Um, all different kinds of uh, roof lines, materials, detailing, openings, um, towers, 
all kinds of things that we look at for inspiration, we call it. We call this our, our inspiration um, folder of, of images. When we like images, we put it in there and we come back to it a little bit. You can see how fire stations have been treated over the years. Um, uh, and we will be looking to these perhaps for um, inspiration for buildings. This one building was added just today at Rock and Chief. Um, this is uh, Westboro. Um, so I find a place for it, but there it is. Um, it's a it's a um, all one story building, uh, brick detailing, um, level of detail. Um, these are other, we don't look at just the fire stations, but we look at mill buildings, we look at town halls, we look at other buildings uh, for inspiration um, for different scales and different opening sizes, how how these openings were treated, you know, how the arches, how the big um, uh, masonry buildings were treated with these big glass to get a lot of light into the buildings, different levels of tower, uh, masonry, product, how buy something in wood or whatever. This is one that you're, um, this is where, right here, um, Town Hall, beautiful building, um, and different kinds of entry. So we look at all of that stuff. You know, nothing, nothing is, um, is away from us. We also did some precedent studies to show you what the neighborhood looked like. This is not, this is not your building. This is just a, um, a massing, one of the massing diagrams we did, so you know, don't pull any up with it. But this is the scale of the building. This is your street. This is that office block. Um, this is the bank. Um, and this is the commercial properties. And the reason they're sitting up on the ground is because of the, the slopes. And this is the position to Main Street that you're sitting. So this building will sit on the street as the bank. These will be sitting. And you can see the scale of the projects that are, are buildings that are right adjacent to our project. Um, and you know what, what that will mean. We also did this one, and we put your building in with other buildings in town, including Town Hall, the Free Library, the CBS, and commercial properties, just to show you the scale difference between what we're going to have to build to, to do operations and what other these other buildings look like. So um, we'll be studying those along the way. I also wanted to show you where we are right now in the plans. Um, and this is a very challenging site, significantly challenged site. It, you know, it's, 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 it runs along the road, but it goes uphill significantly. There's a huge change in grade here. Um, we have programmed uh, parking spaces. We have a requirement for the, 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 all these equipment. This is actual equipment that's going to fit in that building. We have an apron size for um, turning radiuses, which um, Nicole has been working with us to study. We have retaining wall requirements to um, get parking to work. Um, important things to the operations on the line of sight, the apparatus turning uh, requirements, the separation of the professional staff from the public parking, and how the vehicles move through those parking lots, and, um, and safety for the public using the building. It's really important. This building has doors on both sides because some equipment faces back and, and, rear, and exits from the rear of the site, some are um, those in front. It's not drive-through. Uh, people say these are drive-through bays. They, you could drive through them, but that's not how they're used. They're not used that way, they're used facing uh, vehicles facing rear, vehicles facing front. Um, and I would say that, you know, when we're looking at it, we're dividing these into parking and drive aisles. How do we access West Main Street? How do we protect the people um, from the trucks and, and the trucks from the people? How we're putting the public parking um, to the west of the, of the site because the, operate, the building operates best from this part of the, the site. 
Um, where the building sits on the site is dependent on how the apparatus apron, which is this piece, works so that the trucks can move on and off of the site safely um, and turn and, and back into the building. Um, most vehicles will be able to turn on that apron except for the ladder truck, which will have to um, do multiple swings to get out onto um, back into the site but on the street. If we wanted to get it um, to have a train raise here, we have to push the building significantly further back, which is just not worth it if we just push it to this hill even more, which you know it's already a significant uh, change of grade. We'll also be looking at the retaining wall requirements and planning opportunities um, with, with the property that's remaining. This is the current plans um, that I've been talking about. This is the all everything in this kind of rose color it has to do with operations. The uh, purple color is the, um, the fire department administrative offices and then the public space in the front. Everything here, we call these saddlebags um, that we support all the operations. Um, the area here is quite critical for how the fire department operates after they come in from a calls when they have contaminated clothing on and how we move them from a hot zone to a, a neutral zone and through a series of, of rooms that allow them to shed those clothes. Uh, clean them, get uh, showered and cleaned so that they don't actually uh, contaminate the entire building. Um, so this is, you know, this is how fire departments operate nowadays um, and it improves the safety for the officers and they don't bring all that contaminant into the public parts of the building. Um, but again, you're going to be entering on, off the main street here, coming into a public lobby. There's um, a room that's primarily for the fire department that will certainly be able to be used by the public for the game, such as this. Um, and then the um, upper floors um, are, most, is, are all completely devoted to the, um, the fire department itself, the living quarters, fitness um, areas, and then the cabinet spaces. And so that is the current uh, layout. And I can tell you that our next steps, we're, we're continuing to develop the plans, the massing and elevations. We'll be meeting with the fire department committee. They're always open to the public. Of course, anybody can come. That's this one meeting next week, I think next Wednesday. Um, we'll be submitting our design review documents in early January for the first formal review. And then we'll be having many public meetings um, along the way. So that's my presentation. That's you know, my paper slide. Um, I just wanted to get through it because I don't want to spend time going through each of those details because you know your buildings, but you know it. And we're here to listen, but this is how we do a project. Um, we don't, again, we don't, we do every project the same way. We, we make sure we have the operations right, the program right, we move into the plans, then we start working on the forms and the elevations. Because the site is so complicated, we've been working with the pole for a while now to get this building sited right because it has not been easy um, to site this building. Um, and it will continue to have challenges to site the building. That's where Ray and Bull will be so critical to figure out how, how to do it and how it will um, uh, look good um, and be successful for, for fire operations and something for the town going forward as the town uses this site for other purposes. So, um, questions? Yeah. You know, obviously, to the difficulty of the site, but you had said um, it wasn't worth it to move the building back to allow for an easier turning for the ladder truck. Is what? What does that mean exactly? What? Well, Mark can tell you exactly, and I because I can't with these numbers, and he probably knows them. Okay. But this is what three or four elevation. Is that's three. Yes, about three. 
from where these apparatus are coming, because we didn't want people coming in and a fire truck coming out that same direction. So that's, when we talk about separating those two, that's why the trucks will swing this way, where only our people will be driving in. And then this will be public parking. Uh, I don't remember how many spaces were there. There are 30, 30. 30 spaces. And the uh, fire department will, uh, the personnel will park all on here. And uh, for parking for fire personnel, is you double. You have to cover both shifts for parking because they don't leave. It'll just leave, leave the door at 4 o'clock. They, they, they cross and they also, um, you know, if there's a big call, all people will be called in. So we want to make, we want to make sure that, that there's always parking for the fire department without impact. And there may be a gate here at some point. We haven't decided yet whether we'll actually restrict the movement. Uh, we haven't gotten that far yet. But when events are being run in town, people park there. They're going to be walking either yes. in front or behind of that fire station. Yeah, correct. To get in an easterly direction yes. into the center of town kind of thing. Um, certainly, I understand the, the constraints of the lot. It would have been better if the parking could have been on the east side of the lot as opposed to the west side. It would have been closer. So the, the, the things there, there's two major issues with that. The biggest one is if we flip it around and we move the fire these this way, now we're in front of Dunkin' Donuts over here. And we have that queue up issue and we have all that. So it's much, much safer over here for that. The other issue is, you guys know the site, you know when you get further this road, it starts to turn, right? So our line of sight is much, much better from this side than it would be from this side. So those are the two major safety concerns and that's why we cited it the way we did. One of the reasons to create a safety concern, people walking in front or behind the fire station to get to a no, If we're coming out, they're going to know. <laughs> I guess the other thing would be, you know, 30 spaces is really nice if, in fact, there's any way to do some more movement of land to increase the number of spaces if, more than 30, that would be If point. the town wishes to, at a later point in time, fund separately additional parking, that land, if you know, is, is further back. We own, yes, we, we own all this up here, we own all the way back up there. Not part of this project. All that's going to do is drive the cost of this project up. But if the town wishes to, at some point in time, do that, and I mean, there's a lot of considerations. So we can have to expand ever or whatever. But that land is available there eventually. And that is an outlet to the gravel or get from the road. So right now, so what? Should you back here? I should just say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right now, this is where that house was we tore down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So can there be access in here? If the town wishes to build it that way, sure. Um, we just we wanted to keep that extra parking out of this project. We didn't think it was appropriate for this project if we're coming in uh, for the cost of the fire station. But it, that it's sure that you can have parking off of here. You can do all kinds of stuff off of there. Just to Rick's point, there could be a potential sidewalk there. You know, it's short of a parking lot. You could go that way. So, so right now, crossing in front of the fire station, the only part where you can have the issue is right across. I wouldn't call it an issue, but you know, I, I, that's where I, that, that's the only place you have to pay attention. Lisa? So, a couple questions. Um, what I'm looking at right now in the lot, I believe that's the Monroe Street entrance and the driveway area of the land, it goes narrow, yes. Um, so, the, the lot that has no building on it right now, that's the Avenue <laughs> Bank lot, correct? So right bank, next to it is a video bank. Yeah. bank. So right next to the video bank, then you're you're looking to be pretty close to the video bank. How much setback are you doing right now with the parking area to that lot line? 
Oh, do you mean right here? It's, yes. You know that's it. Um, no, uh, we're, we're at least 10 feet up to the uh, edge of the parking. Um, but they need to be deeper, depending on uh, the structure. Uh, and then there's uh, 18 feet of parking space, uh, 24 foot drive out of the five feet. So that's, uh, I have to do some math in my head here. Uh, there's a fence along that wall, isn't there? There's a mature tree there. There's already one there. Yeah. So the fence will go over back to the 57 feet. 57 feet. 57 feet. Give or take. Yeah. So, and as we're looking at the property now, of course, we're looking at a flat piece. We don't realize how far it goes or how the terrace is going. But, I was, but I've been down that little driveway thinking, what a great place we could park and then realize it was like this. And it's just kind it, of, is, it is terribly narrow. Very, very, very narrow. So that doesn't, it doesn't let two cars come and go. Two, one car coming and going. I, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that width of that's 30 feet. Maybe yeah, I think it was larger than 24, which is what's required. Um, right, yeah. the, the, the mineral property the coming in. Coming yes. in, yep. You say it's 24 feet wide. I think it's more than 24 feet. I, sure. I, I think it's I think it's 30 feet wide. Let's check on yeah, yeah, we have to check, check on that because that might be. A, I mean, I know it's not exactly part of the fire station necessarily, but we bought it to be able to infiltrate. So, being that being one of the better ideas of having a little extra parking, we can go right down to the common. Um, I think there's also some, you know, the, the land is not as. Yeah, there's definitely grading challenges with that as well. With yes. the, the whole entire site, yes, if you yes. look at it from the street, you can see like it go up. So, yeah. um, so, so then when you talk about maybe doing parking uh, to go up into that hill, is then going to be a huge issue because you've got hillside grill and you've got all that already taken away. And now we're looking at what we hire and taking some more of that away. And the homes that are all along the top of that ridge that are going to have to be uh, concerned. Because you can't keep taking all that earth away and not have some situations. So, um, so I'm just actually talking more right now about addressing for extra, the extra parking parts. Um, have we? I suppose it's going to be better configured. Have you thought of taking this, taking the whole project, and just kind of categorizing it a little bit so that you could take care of that truck that has to come back and forth? We angle the whole building on the yeah, side. Yeah, angle it like this way a little bit. Um, I don't think we've looked at that. I think the most important thing for a fire truck that's exiting is to make the least complicated pathway out of the building. Every time they have to make a slight turn of any sort, it's it's a it, challenge. It complicates things. It complicates things. So you know, we always um, we always have the front of the apparatus parallel to the street. It's just say so. I and, and the, you know, I don't know if you're thinking of doing it this way. Well, no, just like, just, just like, you know, just, you just, if it's on the computer, you just kind of move it up and do a little of this. You're not changing, you're not changing what it's looking like in, in the whole body. No, it's but when, when, when you, when like you tilt it, now either backing in or coming out, you now have to turn. Yeah. And once you have to start turning or backing in, now you're asking for more problems backing into a building. Mm -hmm. Once you have to start turning when you're backing in a truck that is 40, 50, 43. you know, it's, it's, it's much more difficult. 
The, the orientation of the building allows you to get out the simplest way. Yeah, it is. And then you're willing to take a little extra time exactly. to get back in later. Exactly. And you're trying to get out as quickly as It's the response time that we don't want to affect um, primarily. Um, we want to get out of there as soon as possible. You know, this is sitting back from the property line. It, yeah, 55 feet. And so there's, you know, there's another, you know, there's some more square footage or distance to the actual road surface kind of, um, itself. Um, if, if you really want to get that on, and, and again, you know, this is not a truck that's going to be out, you know, 10 times a day, I can't imagine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, I, I would just move the whole building back and then just keep pushing, you know, pushing the retaining wall back and making it higher um, as, as a solution rather than starting to crank the I don't think you're going to get enough of an angle to get that one. And it's not, you know, it's, it's in a very specific, um, the layout of the trucks is very specific to how they use the trucks too. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we can like move the truck anywhere in the bay to make it the simplest or the most complicated. It's got, it's a response time internally to the building is that, you know, which is the vehicles that are used, who has to get to them first, and how fast does that happen. And the so, best way to explain that to you is these are ambulances, because they are the ones, the ambulances in the squad, they go out the most. Then the engine, because the engine's the next one that's gonna go out the most. So the ones that go out the most are closer to the residential area, closer to where the training areas are, so that can be a quicker response for the firefighters to get there and, and go out. And also, the ambulances are closer to the short radius and the larger trucks are further away. And you come in, and when you're going back, you come in your driveway and come around to the back. Mm. Nope, nope. These, these vehicles out here, here, face out back and drive out back. These vehicles here face out front. When they come, when they come back, they just turn back into the back. So it appears that it's drive-through, technically you could. That's the term. But there's vehicles in between, but the vehicles in, in the middle are less, less used. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you know, you're not, it's not like you're, you know, they're gonna be out of the way automatically. You know, you just don't have, you just don't have endless bay space here. Um, you know, you can make a, a bay, you can make bays wider and shorter, but you just don't have. Space. So you could put 20 bays across there, and that would be. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, I just wanted to also point out um, if we could get from the parking lot over to the park or to Monroe Street without having to come back out on Route 20. I think that would just be a much more pleasant pedestrian um, allowance. So if there's a way to either you know build a step into the retaining wall, it would be probably not. But any way that we could assist um, the public with getting over without having to step out on the point, I think it's just it, it's I think in line with our downtown revitalization uh, vision, which is to make really pleasant circuits and. So you're talking about being able to go behind the building instead of in front of the building. Yeah, from a public parking area, if you could want to go all this way and over to Monroe without having to step over <coughs> Yeah, any, anything that we design for pedestrians has to be accessible. So to get up 30 feet or 29 feet would be a lot of ramps. So this would be a ramp for twenty. It would be a ramp. And it public has to be. Uh, that's why I was whispering to Ray, how long, you know, how long is that ramp? But yes, yeah. 360 feet. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that went on pretty quick. It's a long. Like, well, yeah. 
Another question is, will this wall kind of mimic the same size of retaining wall behind Hillside Grill? Will they look almost comparable? Could you say that again? Will, will the retaining wall look like what it looks like behind the Hillside Grill, which is just a straight? I mean, that's a pretty low wall. That's a lower wall. You've got to go. You ride up into that site. That site sit up, sits up higher. So you, know, you, go, you, you pick up some gray already when you go between the two buildings, correct? I don't know what that elevation is, and that the retaining wall is big. It's a big block wall, but it's. Um, okay, yeah, we've discussed a lot how to make that more attractive. I mean, there's a lot of different options out there for the actual face of the wall itself, and I've seen all kinds of some really pretty. Of course, the prettier it is, you know. The, or the terracing is a really good option as well too. Mm -hmm. We'll look at that as part of this, but these are going to be big structural blocks. Uh, period. I mean, this is not a. This is not a gentle little stone wall that we're building. You know, this is holding and retaining. There's not only that, but Nicole can talk of there's swales. There's going to be going to water coming down. Yeah, so you have water coming down that hill. So we also need to find a way to get that water around the wall too, because we don't want it all just water falling over it. So we're going to have to build swales in to direct the water around. Um, so that's part of, of this as well. And one comment I'll make about terracing is if we plant that. They have to be maintainable, so you have to be able to get somebody up into those terraces <laughs> and take care of the plants. Yeah. Certainly, you could do some greater stuff with Hillside. It certainly has an experience, but um, I, I think a little terracing or something, you're going to have to. I mean, that's a tall, that's a tall one. Yeah. Yeah. Can you put up that slide that showed the, uh, that was the mass and the, showed the building, yeah. actually, other buildings in town, not too much, the volume buildings. Stuff? Yeah. And, and this one pops up, so you know, this is, that is that hillside, you know, the hillside group. They, you can see they graze off, that's where their front is. Um, and that's the hill, uh, Mark this. That is the hill behind it. We kind of, then they, you know, Mark did a little bit of a job trying to, you know, show you what that hillside looks like. But this is, um, these are the buildings. Yeah, so, this is going to be, like, next to the, how bold building on Fort West Main Street. This is going to be the second biggest, tallest building in the town center. Yes. And it's going to be viewable for pretty much every place. So melding this in to sort of blend in with kind of you know what's around is important. You know, I, the idea and, and also with the height of the tower there, you know, it sort of plays off of you know, the church further up the street as well as the Unitarian Church down in Church Street a little bit here. So anything that could be done to sort of tie, you know, the town hall on 4 West Main Street and the church building to sort of all together here. Those things, if you're standing anywhere in the center of town, what you're going to see is going to be the steeples of the churches, the top two stories of the town hall building, and this building kind of thing. Our building does sit back into the site significantly. It's not going to be, it's going to be 55 feet back off the property. So it's not going to be as prominent to the street as um, the old town hallways or perhaps churches. But the tradition of a spire being a noteworthy element in any town is, is significant. This is going to be a 
another one. And that's why we studied those towers and all those different buildings uh, to learn what we came from. You know, without being completely clear about what it means, the feedback we got from residents when we did the master plan that came through again and did the public um, meetings around the kind of downtown revitalization was this kind of classic New England feel kind of thing. Without knowing exactly. That's kind of why we're here, because we don't know what it means either. So I, mean, I, I think over time, I think that, uh, that our committee is going to recommend that between the land use boards and the design review committee, that that gets to be defined a little bit better, gets to be codified, codified as much as it can be, so as developers come in, it's a little less abstruse, and exactly what the town is looking for might be able to be, you know, put in, put in place somehow so it kind of guides where things are going, but we're not that far down the road yet. But the fact of the matter is that this building, probably being the first major piece of new construction in the area that's going to happen, is going to set a precedent. So to the extent that we sort of interpret what people mean, and I think when you talk about, you know, kind of the look of what the churches look like and some of the other buildings, what they look like, I think I think people would say that's kind of the spirit of what people are looking like. To the extent that this building can sort of conform to that, and even if it's set back, once again because of its height and because of the tower, I think it's still going to be, you know, fairly noticeable from anywhere in the downtown area. And once again, that will develop over a number of years after this is completed. Right. And it'd be really neat if, if everybody kind of was really pleased with this building working, could say, say, other things we do want to try to conform to that, you know, that kind of thing. So for better or worse, this is going to set, you know, some sort of example. And so we do the best we can to uh, set the right kind of example, trying to keep in mind classic New England without knowing exactly what we mean by that. But I think there's a, a general idea of that. I mean, I think classic New England takes many different forms, you know, um, but materiality is important. Uh, you know, New England was built in wood, it was built in brick, it was built in stone. Um, all those materials are classic styles. You have a, the bridge that was built in stone, um, you have the brick buildings and the mills in town, you have your town hall, your original town hall, which was a different place, and then the, you know, the schools and things like that all in masonry, so we can see masonry is a very strong element for this project. Um, the level, level of detail we put into it, um, you know, how, how you uh, articulate coursing, how the materials and trim. Um, without adding embellishments, you know, I think there's a distinction in my, in architect's mind between, you know, just decorating something um, and, and detailing something. And I think that is something that we'll be working really hard to, so that, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to put a lot of stuff on this in town has to maintain forever, because um, a lot of, um, a lot of very heavily related trim and wood buildings are, are, are difficult to maintain. You have to maintain every building. A brick building needs to be maintained, as does a, um, a, a wood building or a shingle building or anything like that. It's not like you, you know, put a, a brick building up and then it's there forever without touching. We do have to maintain that as well. But so that's what we'll, we'll be looking at. That's what we're looking at a masonry building right now. Um, that's clearly what we're seeing as the direction that we've heard um, from our the committee that we're working with, and certainly what we see in other town buildings um, and the level of detail. But recognizing that you know we have openings like this. <laughs> those are those are openings are not small. Um, they're 14, minimum 14 by 14. Um, 
to, to get a fire truck in. So, um, you know, and, and we, can, we can do some of the glazing, which we'd like to partially, but the new energy code is going to restrict how many windows we put on buildings. Um, and all kinds of other things that we, we're not sure what that means yet. So um, this is going to be a very energy efficient building, which is important. Um, we'd like to have opportunities to do um, things that will support sustainability, green roofs, solar arrays, things like that, which um, I think are really important to public buildings. Um, you know, a lot of our public buildings now, every 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 building in New England now will have to, or Massachusetts will now have to be prepared to take um, uh, energy sustainable uh, features, whether you built it actually in the project now, but you have to provide room for it mechanically. So we'll be building rooms and, and structures that support that as well. It's going to be it's required by law now. It's not that you can choose anymore. So um, so that'll be prepared. But we have an opportunity to do a lot of things to mitigate the stormwater by doing green roofs, which would help. Can you go back to the second floor? And one of the things I, I wanted to address is don't forget we're building a fire station. So one of the critical things about a fire station is that when other buildings are falling apart. Fire station doesn't. Because not only is it a fire station, it's also our emergency operations center. That's why we're talking brick. You know, we don't want to put clobbered up there. We don't want to put we want to put something up there that's gonna that's gonna hold up and stuff's blowing into it and bouncing off the walls, it's not gonna fall apart. But I, I just wanted to take a second to point out some of the green uh, green roof, uh, which I was, I can tell you, I'm an old fire chief. The hell do I want a green roof on my fire station But then I went to native, not native, Ashland. And Ashland has several green roofs. I said, hey, this is pretty cool. It was really nice and like a lot. Up here is actually an outdoor area for the firefighters to go to decompress after those crappy calls that they're going on. Right? So that those are all areas, and we talk a lot about green roof, we talk a lot about PV. We want to be able to put that up there, but we have to have the proper construction to put the PV in, of course, south facing is that way, right? So um, I think there's a lot of great opportunities here. What we really need to know is talked about is that, that material and what you're looking for on that exterior of the building. Amy, <laughs> um, I watched part of the other older meetings that you guys had, and there were different massing. So is this the final one? Because there was no, one. No, no. Okay, no. there was one with the second floor where there was something on top of the This, this is the preferred plan. Okay. We are looking at other options. Um, to, we are exploring other options, which we will share with the committee. Um, we've, we've had some tentative conversations about them. They're not as strong from an operations point of view. It adds more uh, time to the response. Um, it's a bigger building, square footage-wise. Um, but you know, we're, we'll look at. We're going to look at it. Um, it has some advantage to the site, perhaps. It makes the building a little bit more condensed. Um, but you know, it's it's not at this moment in time. This plan, both these plans floors represents the operations as the department would prefer to operate, which includes, you know, obviously the operation space, but the administration people being close to the public, um, for the public interaction, um, the public space being here, and then upstairs being a completely separate living quarters for the fire department. Now, some of our fire departments have living quarters on the first floor, which is even quicker. We just don't have the site for that. Um, and some, you know, We've done three-story fire stations where we have administration on the third floor and the you know, people on the second floor and the, you know operations on the first. You know we make it work, but you know it's not preferred. So this is the preferred plan right now. 
uh, as we need to speak, but we're still we're still looking. I said, yeah. I'm glad to hear this part because I was concerned. I don't think a metal building would look what wouldn't be what people would want to see downtown. I don't think they want like an industrial looking or a metal building. Um, also with the do you have dryer racks, or are you actually hanging the hose? They hang the hose. Yeah. So, so hose. <laughs> that's a great question. Um, excuse me, my battery's dying. That's why I beat that man. Um, we have so the, the training tower slash hose tower is used for many things. It's used for training. It's used for hanging hose. It's used for hanging tarps. It's used for hanging ropes. Hose dryers take up a lot of room. They're very expensive, and they're not very efficient. So, what most departments that have those end up doing is snaking the hose on the floor, and now you, have, now you have trip hazards all over the floor. It's horrible. So the safest way to do it is, is with the tower. Now, uh, I know, I, I think I've seen some emails, Amy, you mentioned that a lot of departments don't dry hose anymore. What it comes down to is the new hose, that is synthetic hose, <laughs> the manufacturer says, you don't have to dry it. You put hose that's soaking wet into a, into a fire truck. You stack it up and you cover it. I guarantee it's not going to smell real pleasant in a very short period of time. You're not going to get mold. You're not going to get, it's not going to fall apart. But it's really not the optimum way to take care of the wonderful equipment that the town purchases for. So the best way is to wash it, hang it, dry it. Or when it, when it, when it freezes. We can't even roll it when it freezes. We've got to hang it so it does. So, yeah, the tower will have multiple purposes. I was thinking back to a couple years ago when we were in this room. I thought the original fire station that we're talking about was talking about dryer. No, so, so in fact, I think what I said a couple years ago is we can do the drying uh, yeah. things, but they're not efficient. Yeah, I was just saying we don't need both. Yeah, no, exactly, we don't need both. I agree with you 100%. And I was going to ask about the doors, and I was going to ask about the bifold doors in the winter, you know, because it's New England. They open inside. Yeah, they open inside, but you don't think it gets stuck on ice or. Mm -hmm. No. And they take up more space, though. They take up a little more space, but they are so fast, so efficient, and cheap. The fire department's long. They open up at half the time. Yeah. The maintenance is way down on them. Can you go back to the floor? Uh, the right floor? One of the things we're going to be doing is this, the first, uh, what do we decide? 25. Anyway, it's all going to be heated on the exterior. Mm -hmm. So we won't have that buildup of ice yeah, and snow. Because right now, when we come out, we end up with this big hump in front of the base. Yeah. We have to do this bump to get out. So. One of the, the, the newest trends in the fire service was to heat these, and actually heat from the floor as well, so you don't have any of that ice build up. So it works out really well with those doors. Okay. And that's how it's under inside your beating floor? Both. Oh, okay. It's radiant, radiant. Radiant. Yeah. Where do you search for? Radiant. Also, radiant from the top, too. Pardon me? We don't do them up high. We do them in the floors and fire stations things that they're hanging. They're <laughs> pretty darn hot. So we do the radiant force. Um, and because the, the firemen get up on the tops of those trucks to service them, they're actually working inside, they, you know, on the trucks. Yeah. So one of the big things, and, and I've been studying fire stations for, for just a couple of years, is we want to heat where we are, not up there. Well, the radiant floors do just that. They heat where we are, and by the time we go right up there, it's not, but, and it's much safer to operate Radiant works by heating mass, not air. That's the, mm -hmm. Keep it as simple as possible. Um, so when you're talking about the stuff up high, we do those, like we do public works facilities all the time too. 
we tend to put those up in the ceilings because we're not climbing up on top of the trucks in those buildings. So we're heating the trucks and the steel and the mass. And when those, you know, when those trucks go out, um, for same, the same reasons, they, they and they also have. Um, there's, there's other things that happen above these ceilings, like these trucks are attached to a source capture system. And in this particular one, we'll be probably using climb event, but not necessarily because that's public law. But that's a source capture. All the trucks are attached to that. There's hoses that run above and then out. And so that when they start up their trucks, they're not filling the apparatus space with, you know, with exhaust. And so they, they pull off. So there's a lot of things happening about this compressed air. There's water. There's all kind of things happening above the, the level of the trucks um, that support the operation. There's actually a mezzanine on the far left side. There will be a training mezzanine and a storage, storage mezzanine over top of that saddlebag. Here. You can see that there. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll have some mechanical up there, probably. We'll have some storage rooms, but we'll have. Um, you know, workspaces and, and it's training. The fire department is constantly training, you know, constantly taking that opportunity. We build training into all our fire departments, whether we come off the edges of the building, um, we build walls on the outside that can take the training, we build windows and openings into the towers so that they can train on different kinds of openings, we prepare the steps that they can drag hose, all that kind of thing, constantly training. Is that, is that why you have a flat roof on that section? Is that why it was flattened on that section because of the hoses that come out? Um, it's it's a that? huge roof. That's a monstrous roof to put. Um, flat, flat roof is the most efficient um, the, the roof to build um, for a fire department um, for a, a building of this size and scale. Um, that's this, these are um, what, 90, 60 feet. It's close to 100 feet. Close to 100 feet deep. And, and the widths across 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, it's um, 120 feet. Square, yeah, it's 120. Yeah, 120. So that's a very huge footprint to put anything beyond uh, it. Not that we haven't get through some of them. You know, it's just for different reasons. Jim, can you go to the action station with the monitors? Sydney? The monitors, so I can explain. The oh, one, oh, at the end? Oh, uh, wherever you had the monitors. Yeah, I had them here. Okay. So, and, and one of those, Amy, you watched the previous presentations, you saw one of those flat roofs that had those weird things. So that's what these are, the monitors. And I didn't know that's what they were called until Gina told us. But what they do is they bring in all this natural light and they give you the surface to put your PV. So it goes on top of that flat roof, so you can put your PV on the back of that and then bring in all this natural light into the base, but therefore reduces us having to have lights on all the time all day long. So these are traditional mill buildings, yeah. same concept, bringing the light into the center of the building. This happens to be Ashland. This is the brick building. This Ashland is a brick building um, with you know, doors here. It's built into the hillside. Um, we had a last 35 feet of hillside to tuck this building in. Um, when you're in the back of the building, you're already on the second floor. So it's, it, you know, they had no natural light in this building or opportunities. Um, we built the monitors um, to allow that to happen, and as Chief said, it not only provided light, but it gave us an opportunity for all the solar arrays, which were just been recently installed. Um, but it brings a wonderful light into the middle of the building, um, just like all these old mill buildings used to do. Same concept um, for getting light, and that's part of the reasons we did it. You know, it was not so much for the solar, the, the PV was an opportunity. We did an extensive study for Ashland for PV for the future, 
Um, and this is one of, one of the opportunities. So um, that's why you know, I didn't include it in there. So you know, there, that's a really opportunity to get light in. Uh, well, these are these are just this is a TPO roof, you know, standard um, roof material. But um, and then these are these are metal um, standing seat metal roofs um, that they've attached. There's a, a system attaching the solar panels to them. Um, so you know the whole building. There's a picture of the building. There's a lot of all the building. The flat roof is over the apparatus. The rest of the building has pitch roofs, except for the rear parts of the building where the sally port. This is a public safety, so there are sally ports and um, cell blocks and things like that. Those roofs have green roofs on them. Um, and those are all brick buildings in the back. Uh, I don't know if you were at this building. I don't know if you saw that. The whole building is brick, except for the front, which is a standing seat roof that comes down. Those are um, bays in the front to better the, um, you know, the architecture. Um, the New England, where there are buildings with bays, um, you know, was part of the design. So, um, but anyhow, that's that's how these, that's how that works. And, and from the street, you don't you don't really see those. Um, that, we're showing you a close-up picture just to give you an idea what it looks like. You don't really see it. You can see it right here. This is very little that you see from from the road. You probably didn't even notice it. Well, I was looking at the top left one there. I'm like, okay, the whole no, that's a little different. Yeah, these are older. These are mill buildings. But we wanted to, yeah. you know, show you the history. Um, you know, you know this. You see these buildings, but you probably didn't know what you were necessarily looking at if you hadn't been inside a mill building. But if you've been in old mill buildings, um, I did a project at MIT a few years back, and they had an old building with roof monitors, and we we opened those all up. It was a wonderful light in the middle of the building that they had covered up, you know, and uh, we just exposed it. And they were like thrilled. They had all this these long corridors with no light and suddenly they had light. So there was a use for them. Okay, you had your hand. Yes, Jen. Um, I just had a question uh, going back to the frontage. How much frontage is there from the where the street is to the front of the building? Um, we go back to the Route 20. Are we talking? Uh, yes. So how much is from the bay door to the edge of Route 20? Oh, how much space? So we're, we're, this property line is, is 15 feet to the curb. 15? Yeah, yeah, then, then we're another, um, it's another 50 to 55 feet. So 65, 60, 65 feet. So 65 feet between the bay door, where the bay door is, yep. and where and the prior to where the street is? Right here, where the curb is. Yes. That's the curb line. Okay, so there's 55 feet, and how long is the largest jump? 43? Yeah, about 43. 43. Yeah. So 43. Right now, but the trucks get bigger. I, I, I can tell you, they've been doing nothing but getting bigger since I've been in the fire service. So God only knows what 20 years. Thank you, Richard. Do you know that? I'm just asking. Uh, is it 43? Dan, you probably have it. It towers about 45 <laughs> feet. It's just 45 feet. If you're ready to go with 45 feet, that's with the tower. I'm asking just because, uh, I mean, the DOT does a fabulous job keeping your 20 clean in a snowstorm and a blizzard. Um, the sidewalk is, you know, across the street. We're on the Duncan side, and I, I'm not exactly clear where the entrance is for Duncan's is on that foot. Oh, it's right yeah. there. Oh, yeah. they both of them are. Oh, is that the two? One, two. Okay. Yeah, that's the first one right there. Just because, um, making sure that the trucks can get out and back in, you know, the turning radius to get back in off of Route 20 in a storm, they wouldn't be able to over. You know, kind of no, we've, we've actually talked with, with DPW about, and Sean, if you want to 
spinning I don't know if you want to. We talked talk with DPW about how we will do these islands so that they're actually plow over overable. Plow. 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 So, so if we do have an issue, because DPW does all of our plowing, right? So while the state may be doing this, Public, public Works does this, and they, they keep it, they do an outstanding job keeping yeah, it. I mean, it's yeah. clear, because I live uh, less than a mile from where this is, on the same side of the 20. And so I know that the road is clear, but I'm just thinking snowstorm, you know, there's a lot of snow on the sidewalk side. The turning radius of getting in and out and back in there. Okay. Just wanted to check on that. But if there's 50, you said there's 55 feet from the street in? Yeah. No, there's, there's, there's 55 feet for the apron. There's a total of about 65 feet from the street edge all the way. Yeah. Okay, so there's enough room to come out of the building and then turn. Plenty. plenty usually, usually in towns, the first things that can follow them are the fire stations and the police stations so that emergency response can happen um, when you need it. So um, Has anyone that's tried that 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 a truck into that spot now to see? Just for just um, No. Because again, it, it, it wouldn't be practical because there's no, it's where the curb cuts are, 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 are probably where we're going to be. And we would actually swing up and then back in, so it's, it's, it's not really something we could try. Okay. Also, with the light preemption. Yeah, and so. Like every town around us, for the most part, West Lowe, Marlboro, they all have buildings that they have to actually pull into the street to yeah. get back into. It's right. not like almost the gas station. One of the important things is what the, what the uh, captain was just pointing out is our light preemption system. So, if you ever see the fire trucks, it's got a little flashy white light in front of it, that, that controls red lights throughout town. So, what that would do is that would put lights red coming in, and we could then swing in and not have any traffic issues back up, not have to worry about moving around, getting around the Thank you. Thank you. It's not a traffic light going in here? It's not a traffic light. There'll be, a, there'll be two lights on either side. Those lights will be blinky lights. When we go to a call, they'll turn red. They'll turn red on the outside to stop traffic from coming in, and they dump traffic going out. We'll also control the light at Church Street, so traffic can't dump that way, so there's no backup. It's similar to the light now that's in front of the old fire station on Church yeah. Street. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, when we've had, you know, the, when he was talking about preemption, basically the simplest concept is when there's a call, or going east or west, the lights change to, to push the traffic through so the fire department can get out. Correct? Correct. I mean, it's the simplest way to describe it. So we're not going to get this clog of vehicles stuck in front of the fire station when the fire trucks are trying to get out. That's what the preemption system is all about. Um, and we, you know, we already have, you know, counted the cars, we know. Fire departments do not add uh, traffic uh, to the traffic movement. Um, there's just a, too few vehicles to do it. So, you know, but we have that house. And, and the town also, um, I'm looking Sure, sure. They've got additional counts, so we'll have to, we have quite a lot of information. The traffic counts, the traffic counts. CMRPC yeah. yeah, so we have, we have all that done already. You know, we that's part of the work that we did when we were talking about all the time. We spent about surveys, traffic stuff. I mean, all of that has already happened. Um, it's part of the information that we're using to, to make decisions. So another thing that's come out of the plan is residents want the downtown to be a lot greener, planters, trees. A lot of things to beautify the downtown. Probably some of the things we're going to do in the short term is try and get into some street beautification projects. I'd be interested in the landscape plan for this property. 
<clears throat> haven't started yet, but we have all the regulations here. Uh, the considerations are um, we, we want to plant as much as we can, but we don't want to impact the, the functionality of the fire station. We want to keep sight lines open for turning out into the street. Um, but we want to make a welcoming entrance into the building from the, for the public. Um, we're going to go through all the regs and, and, and make sure that we have adequate tree planting. And, and, but at the same time, the functionality of the fire station is the most important thing. Um, so we'll have to deal with maintaining visibility and that sort of thing. Yeah, I would think besides, you know, permanent plantings like trees and shrubs and things like that, it could be done to the extent that, you know, planters in front of the building or window boxes or any kind of, you know, way to add some greenery around the building that in the way of the actual operation of the fire department would go dress up the building a little bit, you know, be beneficial, but there's definitely a desire uh, uh, from the plan to try and get the downtown to be as as rude as possible, kind of thing. So, the extent is the point of that, that would be more important. So, we spoke a lot, but I haven't gotten a lot of input exactly what you guys are looking for. So, I guess that's really what, what, what I'm hoping to get out of this meeting is what are you looking for? So, we can give these guys some direction into what you're looking for. All right, I think we need to look at all of our roads around the area, is that the arch shows up in a lot of our buildings. Certainly the arch was on the oldest Who said that? He's going in the middle. Uh, you can create that with a bit of a higher facade in the front that you might need for the arch to hide some of the other pieces that are on the roof that you might be concerned about seeing. Um, and some of the materials that they make today, uh, you know, can that the arch out a little bit, you know, obviously in the design with keystone coming out even further. Um, brick obviously is the, the material of choice. Um, and then in certain areas you can use your brick in, in different designs. Um, in certain areas to, to dress up the bottom perhaps, you know, doing a herringbone at some point or um, maybe the maybe if you're using the arch in the graves. You can do a trim, right, you know, like a trim piece of stone around it, more like a, you know, a or whatever, to just create that that older look, but keeping with all the other buildings that we have, instead of that straight stuff going on like this. So your doors are still going to open, but it's yeah. you know it's just going to be over that. So the, the, the other day, it's funny you mentioned that. I told these guys, we want arches over the doors. Yeah, but I said, no, and definitely jumps right in. We want arches over the doors because that's, you know, get that traditional fire. Right. So the question was, do you actually have to arch them or can you make it look like there's an arch there? Or do you want one big arch overall or one over each one? Right, so we talked all different things. Yeah, well, yeah, we're going to be looking at arches, yeah. uh, the scale of an arch, really forming an arch that's going to support masonry. It's harder than you think at this scale because the space between the doors is rather narrow. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll be studying arches. Mm -hmm. There is all a doubt. Right. Well, as I said, that brings that you can make that element coming out of the face to give you some more of that space even though the doors are here. So you don't have to necessarily do six. You know, you could do four and one big one, which would take two doors. 
we uh, we'll, 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 we'll look. We'll look at the whole thing, and we will make a recommendation that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, rather, again, this is the back to that question of the appropriate level of detail, rather than picking a number and saying we're going to do six arches, we're going to do two. We're going to make it look as a study. And, and I'm not saying that the committee will put what arches or will agree to arches or whatever, but we will definitely study arches. No doubt. Mm -hmm. So there will be no doubt. There will be arches. On, um, on the whole relationship. Mark has already been very concerned. Mark's village, which the committee has seen, has, <laughs> yeah, has, has some understand the thing, you know, that the floor is main, the two front, you know, the front doors. They're not as easy as you think to do because, but, you know, we don't want to even look, I want to say plastic or fake, right. um, that, you know, there's sort of a line, so you don't want the look applied to one to the other, be an element, you know, yeah. So, we get it. No five pounds. Pardon me? No five pounds. The brick, I think, is the material of choice for the downtown or to revitalize the downtown. Um, I'm thinking about the tower and the fact that it's going to be placed back up against the hill and perhaps won't be so prominent as you would think, uh, as if it were standing kind of toward the front of the building. It is in the front. It's in the front, but it's going to be set back. Well, in any case, I'm just wondering, I think you have an example of a tower that was brick on the bottom and then white on the top, and I'm wondering um, if that might accent the steel. This one here, you know, yeah. that, you know, it stops at a certain point and goes to another material. We'll look at we'll think, look at things like that. Um, they're going to use this tower, so, you know, we, we don't want to build it that they can't use it. So, you know, when you when you look at alternate materials, you have to consider that. But there's, that's why the, you know, the, the reason it's in our inspiration file is because it does change. It changes the scale, mm -hmm. um, which is why then I studied also or included, and I don't know how far back it is, is your, um, oh gosh, no, never mind, it's, it's, it's somewhere else. But it has the, the one where I looked at the towers in town, the churches, the mine, the, 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 to see how those were um, began to taper or change and, and, and what we could do about that. Um, but you know, all of these, you know, these all have these all these fire stations have towers, they you know, some of them broke, uh, changing materials, some are playing, some have clocks. Well, I was just going what what are the items? <laughs> One of the items we've been talking about since we started talking about the fire station, Dan, six years ago, is just that a clock yeah. on the front of the station. I thought that would be a really attractive element. Now, Dan will have to be responsible after he retires to wind it. But we just thought that would be a really attractive element uh, on the station. And so we'll look at all that. I mean, Ashland has a, every, every building in Ashland has to have a clock. But they have a clock. It's not on its power. I'm kind of curious. Are they all set at the same time? Are they all like all <laughs> so, um, so, you know, again, we will, you know, we'll, we'll look at them and then again, you know, there's, there's town hall towers. There's even this small sort of little shape thing right here. Um, but, you know, that's a mill building with the tower. You know, so there's a lot of ways to do towers. We'll study, we'll study and make different conditions more so already looking at
to widen the sidewalks, to do some other things there, and it turns out that the traffic study showed that just isn't possible without creating even more traffic problems. But one thing we're going to think about doing is putting some sort of buffer between the street and the sidewalk. So you've got an opportunity here starting over again. If you've got some room, you might think about from the street edge to uh, where people are going to walk, some sort of planting, mm -hmm. possibility of trees and plants, things like that. Sort of separate at least that part of the walk so that people are right against from 20. Yeah, so so we, we have been looking at that, keeping um, a, a separation between the, the street. I mean, there's 15 feet to the property line, so there's Place Once again, yeah. to the extent you're probably going first, if we can start with that look, we <coughs> can play off of that and do that further down in 20 you know, other parts of the town to play off of that. So I think mm -hmm. that's a good problem for this team right here. No, no, no. Ray's having a couple of problems. Yeah. Anyone else? Um, so materiality, detailing, I'm hearing. Um, I'm not um, not hearing any opposition to forms or shapes that people are opposed to. I think what I'm hearing from the examples you provided, there's a wide variety that is acceptable to of many people in town, um, and so that's that's good for us that we have more to work with. Um, and um, I guess the other thing, the other thing would be. Um, <clears throat> To do the design in the back that wouldn't preclude the ability to add parking in the future. Back there, I, you know, Lisa's point is well taken that managing the slope of that hill and all that is going to be an important kind of thing. But to the extent that this was built in a way that, if in fact you could go back there and extend the parking over time as a separate project, parking is an absolute key to making this new downtown work. Yes. And we're looking for all kinds of ways to increase the parking in the vicinity of that central part of the town. So I understand that we can't turn this particular project into a, into a public parking project. I understand that. But please, when you design it, don't do it in a way of precluding the future the ability to extend the parking of accident. Jared, let me make an observation. Since you say parking is critical to your master plan, I would suggest something very bold and maybe controversial. Look at the cost effectiveness of this parking versus acquiring the old bank building. Right on Main Street. I put you further downtown. Oh, I think that's good. But that in the possibility experience. <laughs> well, what I'm saying, you don't deal with elevation, you've got the accessibility, you're smack right there. Makes a lot of sense to me. Yes. Okay. Anyone else? Yes. Um, just for visuals. Um, so the, I think you said the, uh, well, the retaining wall in the back is 29 feet. At like the highest point. Right now. Right now. So here to take, and how tall is the tower? It's 50, 50 feet to the other side of the structure in the tower. That's not how much space they have. Our, our hose is, uh, longest hose is 100 feet, so we have to be able to trade it, get it out off the floor. It can't be sitting there, right? So it's, so the it's going to be 60. 60 so the tower will be taller than the wall. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we just want to make sure it builds. I think it does. Yeah. yeah, you can it's see it's running. Running. You can't see it. Yeah, so the, the, the line here. Whatever the wall looks like should not clash with yeah. the tower. The wall's not going to be taller than the building. No, no. So you probably wouldn't even see the wall. It'll be behind the building. Yeah. Unless you drive from the sides, you will, but from the front. Yeah. Oh, so you won't see it at all from the street. Y
Well, you will from the sides coming in. It's but you're going to see it. Yeah, from the side, but it's, it's not going to be such that it's going to clash with the, with the tower. Okay, and the wall is to protect the land behind it, or is it just to hold it up? It's going to hold that hill. Okay. Right, so the, the building, basically, the site is like this, the big hill right now, and they want to put, you have to put a flat building in that hill. So that, you've got to cut that land out and do something with it, basically. Yeah. In the so we're terms. digging out the, some of that hill. Yeah. And, and then putting the wall there so you can put the building. Because the building has to be close to the elevation of the road that's there. Yes. Um, you can't raise it up high because then it'll be a steep slope for them to have to um, travel with their trucks. Nicole's going to set the elevation of the apparatus base based on her slope percentages, moving the vehicles to walk downhill uh, out of the station, not go up. Yeah, they want to go down as they come up, but a small slope, and then she'll set that elevation. It's going to be around 302 elevation. Yeah, a couple feet higher than yeah, a couple feet higher. Pitch down towards the street, and then that. And so the building itself, um, we, we, to the underside, approximately, these are approximately, underside of the structure of the fire station in the apparatus is approximately 20 feet. And there'll be four, five, six feet of structural roof and parapets and all edges. So that's you know, so that's what you know, you're getting up, you know, 26, 28 feet, and that wall is 30 feet. So yeah, it's a line. Try to draw you a line here. It's on the How tall that will be? Yeah, yeah. 30 feet on the right. Oh, on the right side. Yes, yeah, it'll be over on the left. Yeah, so it'll be higher here, and then it'll drop down here. Yeah, as you were saying about the water, something the swales, what did you call it? The swales? Swales. Yeah, yes. so the swales are gonna go not obviously into the two parking lots. Correct, correct. Um, we're gonna have to figure out the drainage around the wall and then also of course the parking lot itself needs to have its own drainage. So so finding a solution that works with both the parking lot keeping the water out of that. We don't want any icing concerns, that sort of thing. Right. You have this tall wall, you don't want the waterfall and things icing at the bottom of it, so all of that stuff that Right, yes. Our, our stormwater design is required to manage our, our stormwater um, and we have to meet the requirements and, and match what was there before and, and all of that stuff. So we can't just direct it off to the adjacent properties and call it. <laughs> That's part of our job. So we'll, take, we'll be taking a look at all of that. And I, I will note too that that 29, 30 feet that we're looking at right now for the walls is what we're looking at at the highest corner of the wall. So the grades go down kind of diagonally as you come down the site. So it's not like it's going to be that 30 foot wall across the back. It might be around there, 25, whatever, 30 in between there. But it's that's the highest point there because that's where the slope gets the highest. Yeah, I don't know if you can see all the tiny little lines here. You can see the grades. Those are all grades are very tight. I encourage people to, to walk to the site and look at it, you know, look at it with different eyes now that you've seen this. Like when you're standing in front of it, you can see that hillside on the right side going up dramatically. Um, there's still walls up there, there's old barbecue pits up there, there's a lot of things that are associated with possibly way up in the woods. How far back from the road will the wall be? Is it about 250 feet in from the road from the road? If you want to get a sense of where that wall is, um, you can go to the bank next door, the, the back parking spaces, so you could probably, like another car length from the back parking spaces, uh, perpendicular, you can look and see that's approximately where the wall is. Yeah. 
but if the building's is about 50 feet, 60 feet back, and the building's 150 feet back, and then there's a another 60 feet of turning radius behind that, so we're over 210 feet behind the property line, I'd say. Yeah. yeah, so more than 200 feet back from the road surface is that back wall. So it's pretty far back there. It's hidden by, it's somewhat hidden by the buildings, but you're going to see it. I'm not going to want to say this is going to be hidden, but it's not going to be hidden. Um, it's going to be there. Yeah. Okay, a little bit more on the design, the design request. When you look at your massing and you get your tower where it sits, and then to the right is the living quarters and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you see, you see your six doors, and then you see your Yes, this means this. Right, so if you're on the right side of the wrong that that could mirror a little bit of the design of what's going on on the left side of it, so that, that tower doesn't look like it's just there, this is a whole, a whole new building. But if you're looking at what's going on there before you get to the brown roof, yeah. so that the section in between could mirror visually the other side of the arches. Like the, the flat, continue over, and then transition. Right, and then keep that all to make that look like the one piece, especially, and I'm assuming that the tower is going to be rel relatively large. Uh, it's just hard when you look at it here because it looks so narrow. Yeah, the, you know, these, are, these are just a diagram. Right. <laughs> Please remember that. These are not elevations. We put, you know, we, put, we debated whether we should show all flat roofs or all pitch roofs or whatever. We just said, let's show something that represents you know, the scale of the building. That's what you're really looking at. The scale of the building compared to other buildings. So um, this is not the architecture of it. So don't get too much into that. That's all I've been honestly saying right now. I mean, we're, gonna, we're looking at all kinds of different roof lines and planes. We're looking at, you know, the supporting operations. We actually have two second floor plans. Um, so that if we want more movement on the front of the building, that we have a plan that reflects something that allows us to change that. So we're working through that right now. Uh, I've, I've told the chief and the deputy and, and, and Captain Gilmer that the plans they see will change a little bit as the architecture is developed to push and pull and move and allow you know, the architecture to be, be responsive. Not, not significant, these are small moves because it, it has to work, but we're looking at all of that. So I, I wouldn't, Pay too much attention to that, other than to note that there are a few, whoops, um, there's a few so um, Okay, and to get a, um, a two-story building, this is a two-story building that goes from here, from the tower over is two stories, this is one-story building, and this is the tower in between. So just to keep that in mind. Uh, this, is, this is a one-story building. And you can see the height of that one-story building is almost equal to the height of the two-story building. Right. Because this is a this right. is a big truck building and a, and a small people building. But that one, people <laughs> that normal. That's pretty really small floors. people in there. I'll tell you. <laughs> but we have, you know, we have 14 foot floor to floors um, between floors, and then you know, then we have on the other side we have a building that has a volume that's going to appear uh, in the vicinity of 24 feet to the other side of the deck or something before you see any solid material. Mm -hmm. um, so they're very different scale buildings. And part of it is just to bring those two scales together mm -hmm. in architecture and, and detail. I'm wondering if you've considered geothermal being in the building. So geothermal. Geothermal. 
uh, we, we will be doing our, our um, mechanical engineers already um, presented to the committee. Um, that we're going to be uh, considering the geothermal system. Geothermal system. Um, if you watched a couple meetings ago, yeah. there was a whole presentation on about mechanicals, and mm -hmm. part of that was geothermal. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. we'll be doing life cycle cost analysis for multiple systems, including geothermal, which we're, we're putting into a lot of buildings right now. And, um, and Again, the criticality of a fire station, you have to have something to work. So if the geothermal was done, you still have something else, right? So there's a lot of things we've looked at. So those of you, again, that we'll be talking about all that time we spent, we, we didn't mention that. We, we are in our engineers, you know, everybody's looking at it. Um, Mark's working with them to develop the kinds of footage they need for the mechanical rooms. And if it's system, then it needs one thing. If it's this system, it needs another. Um, but all those systems can work together. And again, I'm not using National Oaks totally because it's a close neighbor, but they have geothermal wells. They have green roofs. They have solar, um, solar rays they have. But it is not a building, for instance. You know, it's not going, it never pursued any of that. It's, neither is it all electric. Um, and that's another thing that we will be looking at, whether this building will be all electric. Uh, so it's just one of the things we'll be looking at um, as a group. And, uh, does anybody have, for Ray, I mean, you know, thoughts of um, planting? Is it, I think, hope everybody understands what Ray said about regulations, but um, I, I read, I've read these regulations at least twice, but you know, I don't remember them in detail. But um, you know, he's going to have to be very cognizant of the sidelines of the fire apparatus. So it will vary, have to vary from uh, um, positions about tree placement, perhaps, because if he builds a tree, I talked to him and said, you know, if you build the fire trucks don't burn at eyesight right here, but we don't have cars are sitting much higher. And so if you put a tree that has a low canopy or a high canopy, you know, it could be right in the middle of their eyesight. I said call over trees, you know, little skinny little things, they still look so good, you know, they don't move it up. So we've been talking about that. Yeah. But he's they've got to we cannot block the site. So I wanted to bring that up. If you have any questions for Ray or comments you want to throw at him? Um, you know, this is the time to so that as they get started. Does that sound okay to you all? Okay, good. Um, but let's talk about we want safety first. Safety first. I love that. Um, Nicole, as a civil, her firm also will be doing the structural analysis. We're doing the geotechnical analysis, which will be coming soon. Now that the building is replaced, we'll be doing the um, structure to find out what we have on the ground to work with. Uh, they're doing structure traffic, um, environment. You know, they do the whole horizontal, and then they do the vertical structure. So, Mark and I think that. And Amy, who's not here tonight, yes, also is, um, is So, anything else you want to throw us? Because we're here to listen tonight and gather. You know, I didn't hear anything from Story Mary um, that you know, we had. Uh, and we're good with uh, studying the different forms that we've talked about. Not a problem. You gave you guys some great examples, I think, that showed um, an open mindedness to um, forms that you know, the to take on. Um, so, okay. Any one thing, they recently released the 10th edition of the State Building Code, and we are going to be building this structure under that new code. Is it 10th? Isn't it just coming up? The for draft it? just came out. It's the draft out. came out, but the public meetings have it. So yeah, but they expect it to be released. Yeah, I've heard it's yeah. coming out sooner than later. Yeah. We just want to make sure that your team is oh, really yeah. 
Taking into the 10th edition, we are now we won't have any surprises. Yeah, I mean we are, and I mean we know that the public hearings are coming up in January. I think we were announced. Um, I don't know how long that will take to actually put it out out in the street. It looks like we intend to bid this project, so everyone knows, um, in the early fall of this year coming. So we'll be going to we're in this we're in what we're in the first formal phase of an architectural project, which is called schematic design. Um, and then after that, we'll be doing design development. After design development, the building is set. There will be no changes. It's a matter of producing biddable Massachusetts public law-driven drawings and documents, um, specifications that need so. So by May, I keep looking at the this I should have. I've done the schedule so many times. But by May, the building will be completely set. The plans will be set. The materials will be set. The shapes will be set. The cost estimates will be completed. The town will have an idea of what it's going to cost. And then the rest of the summer, um, we'll be doing the, the documents. Um, we'll be meeting infrequently, but with the committee. Um, all the public meetings will be over. Um, everything will be over by that point. So it'll be a heavy duty January, February, March um, meeting time for you to come in and I'll skip before you all. Um, but that's the formal process. Um, we do not want to extend the bidding beyond to September with every, our, our public, our, they don't know the numbers right now, but with every um, couple of months, we're, the costs are just not dropping. Considerably, Todd is, who has been introduced, is calling to you. Sure they're all quiet. Yeah, <laughs> quiet over there. But uh, you know, the numbers are not dropping dramatically, they're only increasing. So you know, we want to get this project bid in, in um, early, late summer, early fall. It'll take um, go into construction. Yeah, the the intent is to be able to go to a special town meeting in the fall yeah. for approval. And I, I, you know, I sat here and I looked over at Todd and said, I should really make some. No, I'm going to introduce yourself. So we're going to take a second to introduce yourself and who you are, who you uh, represent. Tom Ashford, I'm a uh, project manager with Colliers, uh, representing the yes, the town of Northborough and the, the fire department. They're eyes and ears. These are clerk of the works. So yeah, that's not from New interest, That's clerk of the works. OPM. OPM. So they call it that. Other project and yeah. Yeah. I guess the only thing I can reiterate, because we give a lot of different input, and we don't have a, a specific idea of what we're talking about, but but the residents of the town of Northborough are expecting over time that this downtown is going to be transformed into something much more attractive than it is now, more pedestrian friendly than it is now, uh, attracting different kinds of businesses that we have now, probably some additional residential dwelling in the downtown. And so this is going to be the first thing that gets built that even though it really wasn't built into the downtown revitalization plan or the master plan, once it starts to go and people look at it, if it doesn't seem to conform to this general feeling we're getting, there's going to be some thing about, gee, we had all these public meetings, we gave this whole input about this is what we'd like to see, how come this building didn't do that? And I think you've got a pretty good idea in general but what we mean. So we understand that primarily it's going to be functional, it's going to be a great fire station to do what the chief needs it to do. But why are you doing that? Keep the rest of this stuff in mind. Absolutely. If we could, we could kill, kill two, those two birds with one stone, it would be excellent. Yep, absolutely. We, you know, we want the town to have the building they want. You know, and, and, you, know you saw our architecture, there's no two buildings that look alike. We don't, we're not responsive to our own internal you know, architecture of dream. I mean, we do um, modern buildings for fire stations, and we do historic buildings built in, in 
historic neighborhoods and traditional towns, seaside towns, um, downtown Boston, you know, Charlestown, I mean, public safety, so you, know, you can see there will be lots of brick buildings. Um, so I don't think you have to worry that you're going to you know, get any one distinct style from us. You know, we're going to be responsive to your comments tonight and hopefully reduce you know, things that the committee is going to obviously put before you as, as what they and it's our job to put as many um, plausible options in front of them for their view. So. Okay. Thank we you. Have business before we adjourn, we have a meeting on the That's what I was going to talk about. So we have a meeting on the 20th. At that meeting, we'll be confirming our next public input meetings when those will be. Uh, we didn't want to just guess and throw a date out there. We wanted to be a little more specific, so we'll confirm those in the next week. Okay, then 7.20 is what time? Yeah, 6.30. Yeah. Uh, can be. If I can get the room. I'll, I'll, as soon as I have confirmation, it will be put out. It will be either be here or down. I have to talk to Thank you very much for inviting us yes. into this discussion. I appreciate you guys coming. I really do. No, I appreciate this very much. Makes it easier for us to go walking down. Madam Chair, a motion to adjourn this? Second. You guys want to adjourn your meeting? Motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. Second. There we go. You guys are right when you get in trouble.